0: Estonia. Anybody know where Estonia is? Estonia. It's what? Across the pond. Across the pond. That's, that's a good one. Which pond? The big one. Well, I guess that depends on which direction you're going. Yes. All right. Well, we know it's across the pond. All right. Anybody else? Michelle? <laughs> it's next to Russia and above, um, the Belarus and it's, it's across the bay of Finland I believe it's the the bay I think. Okay. yeah I was just going to say Europe you know but <laughs> <laughs> it's one of the European countries there and uh, so be in prayer for Estonia uh, um, just over a million population there Um, Over 50% non-religious. No religion at all, right? So be in prayer for Estonia. And then we have uh, our missionary, the uh, Kruchkows, Jeff Kruchko. Sorry, Kruchko. Um, uh, The Kruchkos are missionaries in Mongolia. And um, they said... uh, uh, they actually were supposed to be on a flight Friday, this two days ago, Friday evening, to go back to Mongolia, and one of the reasons was because the, um, the building situation, they had, they had bought uh, some property and, and a building, but the place that they were in, while they were renovating this other place, the owner of the place they were in uh, basically said, you have like 30 days to get out, and they're not even in Mongolia and they have all the printing stuff that's there as well. And the other building is not ready for it all. And, uh, and so they had to uh, fly back uh, to Mongolia to try to get all this stuff figured out. And so they asked for prayer, both for traveling safety, but then also the whole situation with the buildings and uh, just trying to get all that worked out uh, with all the equipment and things that they have. Um, uh, they have a printing ministry there where they print Bibles. And, of course, Mongolia is right on the border of China and Russia. And, uh, and so they're actually, um, it's kind of interesting, uh, obviously there's not a lot of missionaries allowed in Russia, and missionaries aren't allowed in China, uh, but the, they're in Mongolia, and so they're actually printing Bibles to go into China and Bibles to go into Russia as well. And uh, so it's a really neat ministry, they have an opportunity there, and uh, so just be in prayer for that situation. Um, Uh, The the property and the building that they purchased, our church gave some money to help them get that done. Uh, But it's just, it's not ready yet. And the winters over there are really bad. Uh, And so they're just really praying about what God would have them to do and getting all this transition. So uh, be in prayer for the Kruchkos. And then also the Stamen family, John and Sarah Stamen. Uh, working with the Spanish h- here in the United States and uh, just trying to reach the Spanish. They were in Honduras for a while, and then the Lord led them back here to work uh, with the Spanish speaking uh, here in America. And so be in prayer for them. Again, their email addresses are in the, the bulletin there, and that's one of the reasons why we always encourage you to get uh, one of the bulletins because on the back there it's got all of that, the Missionary of the Week, the Country of the Week, um, and that way you can know uh, what's going on with those those folks and be in prayer for them. And again, I would encourage you to, uh, to email them, pray for them, and I know that would be such a blessing, uh, a blessing to them, all right? Um, I think that's about it as far as the announcements and prayer requests go, all right? Um, so let's go ahead and, and get kind of back into our lesson uh, that we were looking at last week. Okay. Um, So we started, we were looking, um, a lesson on creation and why creation is important. And of course, many people can say, well, you know, we don't really, you know, that's, that's for Sunday school children, you know, that's to, to teach them and things like that. But um, it's very, very important that we understand that we need to understand it and recognize what's happening um, because there's such an attack against creationism right Um, and I I brought this out last week 50% of Americans this was in 2007 uh, 50% of Americans were familiar with creationism and then just seven years later in 2014 that number dropped to 38% Um, so only 38% again that was was that six seven eight years ago Uh, so who knows what that number is now. Um, and of course, obviously, evolution uh, is being pushed, evolution, the Big Bang, uh, all this type of things. And, um, and we found, we were looking at why there is such an attack uh, on, um, on creation. What, is, what, what were we looking at? What is the reason why there is such an attack on creation? And uh, just the first two chapters in the book of Genesis, why is there such an attack on those, on those two chapters Jeff? Okay, it undermines the foundation of really everything else we believe because if the first two chapters are wrong, guess what else is probably wrong? The rest of it, right? Somebody else? What else does it do? Ms. Terry? Right yeah because right there in Genesis one and two, not only do we find creation, not only do we find that there is a God, but we also have the home uh, we have uh, you know the Bible says male and female there's only two genders right uh, there's male and female, um, and obviously you've got the world trying to create you know all these other different genders and things like this, and so it's just completely trying to undermine uh, the authority of the Word of God and how even Even Christians were trying to, and this is, (laughs) this is, I gotta, I gotta read this to you here. Uh, Again, it's just, it's amazing to me. Um, the the extent that people will go to um, to try to prove evolution and totally um, just put on blinders when it comes to creation, right? Um, so there's an article in uh, Forbes magazine that says, this is why Mars is red and dead while Earth is blue and alive. And it's very interesting because what they were basically saying, and I'll read a little, over the past few billion years, both planets have undergone dramatic changes. Yet for some reason, while Earth became oxygen rich, Remained temperate and saw life explode on its surface. Mars simply died. Now watch, listen to this. Ready? Its oceans disappeared. It lost its atmosphere and no life signs have yet been found there. There must be a reason why Mars died while Earth survived. It took decades, but science has finally figured it out. Isn't that amazing. It just took decades and they figured it out. One of the most spectacular features of earth is the fact that the history of life on our world is written into the fossil record over hundreds of millions of years. (laughs) Sediments have been deposited both on land and the oceans with various organisms leaving their telltale prints within them. Of all the sedimentary rocks on earth, about 10% of them are limestone, which are often composed of the remnants of marine organisms like coral, amoebas, algae, plankton, mollusks, Limestone is primarily made of calcium carbonate, while some forms also have magnesium and silicone. So, again, I'm not going to read the whole article to you. Let me skip down here a little bit. Um, so, here, All right, here we go. Ready? You ready for this? <clears throat> There's an overwhelming amount of evidence. That should be a red flag right there. An overwhelming amount of evidence that Mars had a watery past. Seasonal ices can be found not only at the poles but in various basins and craters dotting the Martian surface. Features like dried up riverbeds, often featuring oxbow bends like those found on Earth. Stream throughout the landscape, evidence of ancient flows leading into great oceanic basins, possibly even including tidal I don't even know what that word is. Rhythm rhythmites? Rhythmites. Sure above all, uh, abounds all over the red planet. planet. These features have been telltale signs of an ancient past where liquid water was abundant. But that's no longer the case today. Instead, there's so little atmosphere left on Mars that pure, uncontaminated liquid water is actually impossible at most locations on Mars. There simply is insufficient pressure at the surface for liquid H2O to exist. Uh let me jump down here a little bit. Um it's it's a it's a really long article. And they're trying to explain how it all was. So if you if you google Forbes um why M- mars is red and earth is blue or whatever you c- you can read the whole article yourself but any any anybody find anything um fascinating about that other than just the article itself uh, Yeah there's definitely yeah all the millions of years there Climate change. <laughs> Mars went through climate change. <laughs> oh that's great, yes. hmm Anybody? Mm-hmm. Jeff? It seems to me that they have an assumed uh, their science they've already decided what science is going to show. Now they're trying to find anything Yeah. Yeah, that's very true. Yeah, they've they've already made the conclusion, so they're just trying to find th- something to support it, right? This is this is what I found found very amusing about it, right? Not one person has ever stepped foot on Mars. Not one person. All they've been able to do is send you know these little rover machines or whatever. But they are absolutely positive that Mars used to be a water planet. Even though there's no water on it now, Mars used to be a water planet. So it's very possible that Mars was covered in water. Anybody see where I'm going with this? Jeff? Jeff? in what Car- <laughs> yeah i guess that is possible maybe it was covered in caramel maybe that's why it's red now right who knows right no but here's the thing yeah leslie in a what in a global, They say there's no way that Earth could ever be encased in, in a global flood. Global flood, no. There's not impossible. Genesis is a lie. Global flood, no. But Mars that we've never been to before, we're absolutely positively certain that it was a water planet. What are they drinking? I mean, come on. Could it be that Mars is red because that's the way God made it to be? And that yeah, there's no life form on Mars because that's the way God made it to be? And the reason why Earth has life form on it and all that is here is because that's the way God made it to be? I mean, do you you see how far they have to stretch? They're having to stretch to a completely different planet to try to prove that... Evolution and all of these different things are true when when they have no evidence. How can you say that this planet that you 've never been to has all of these you know whatever these proofs nobody 's ever even been to it before all you 're doing is you're you 're looking at pictures you're you 're getting whatever you get from a Martian rover or whatever and and pictures and but yet, there's overwhelming evidence that Mars was covered in water. But yet, when we talk about a worldwide flood, no, that's just not possible. It's not possible to have a worldwide flood. Well, look, if you can tell me that a planet that nobody's ever been to could have water on it, I'm pretty sure that this could have had been a worldwide flood. I mean, that, that's just how far. I mean, again, that's, that just shows the foolishness of man to try to disprove creation to try to disprove God, that we have to, to stretch. I mean, look at all of the evidence that we have here on this earth for a worldwide flood. All the evidence that is here. And we are they're going to be blind to that, but yet stretch so far to say that another planet that nobody's ever been, been to, well, that one could have been absolutely flooded and had been water, but now it's not. Look, that just... Again, its <laughs> it's just... I don't know where they come up with these things, you know? Um, And it's just, hey, it just proves that there's a God, right? Mr. Terry? Right. Yeah. (laughs) Right. Yeah. 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 I know it's some of these things they come up with. It's like, where, where do they get them? Right. Um, so last week we were looking at different passages that talk about, um, creation. It's not just in Genesis all throughout scripture. These passages talk about creation. We looked at Genesis or John chapter one in the beginning was the word, the word was with God. The word was God. The same was in the beginning with God. All things were made by him, and without him was not anything made that was made. Right? So again, we find um, Jesus Christ. He is the creator, right? The second person of the Trinity, God the Son. He is the creator of the universe. He is the Word. And yet it says, without him was not anything made that was made, right? Um, uh, Revelation 1 8, I am Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the end, saith the Lord, which is, which was, and which is to come, the Almighty. Um, He's created everything. Um, Isaiah 43.10, You are my witnesses, saith the Lord, my servants, whom I have chosen, that ye may know and believe me and understand that I am he. Before me there was no God formed, neither shall there be after me. God's saying, look, there's there's only one God. It's me. And I've I've created everything. Psalms 90, verse 2, Before the mountains were brought forth, or ever thou hast formed the earth and the world, even from everlasting to everlasting, thou art God. Um and again really we were talking about this both creationism and evolution right again nobody was there for either one in the beginning Adam didn't get there till 6 days later right so he wasn't even there right evolutionists there's no way they were ever able to be there millions and billions and billions of years ago right they weren't there so both of these are belief systems you know, evolution is a religion. It is a belief system. Creationism is a belief system. In one, in creation, we say we believe that there is a God, that God created everything, that God created order. Evolution say we believe that we are the God. We are God. That's why we get to decide whatever is right. There is no order, right? We just get to do whatever we want to do. And there, but because of that, guess what? There is no hope because all we are is just chance. We're just a mistake. We're just, we're not, there's no purpose for us here, right? But in creationism, God says, no, you are fearfully and wonderfully made. You're made in the image of God, right? I mean, we have two different systems here, both We have to, we have to look, we have to say, well, Hey, look, nobody was there at either of them, right? But we have somebody who was there that can tell us what happened at one of them. His name is God. God was there creation or evolutionists. They have, they don't, they can't even say God was there. It was just particles. Well, how do you know those particles were there? Nobody who told you those particles were there? I mean, let's, let's think, let's really be honest. Billions of years ago, you're going to tell me two particles were floating in space and they collided and made an explosion. How in the world can you prove that? You can't, right? God says, Hey, I created everything. He creates everything, right? Um, And so it really takes, uh, it really takes more faith to believe in evolution than it does to believe in God and in creation. Because we have an account. We have somebody who was there. God was there, not man, but God was there. They have, they have nothing, right? Um, um, I, don't know if I, I don't know if I read these quotes last week. Um, there's a guy who is a specialist in material science, mechanical engineering. His name is Walter Bradley. He said this, I think people who believe that life emerged naturalistically need to have a great deal more faith than people who reasonably infer that there's an intelligent designer. True statement, right? Um, another scientist in molecular and cellular biology, Jonathan Wells, said, Darwinism is merely materialistic philosophy masquerading as science, and people are recognizing it for what it is. And it is. It's just, it's philosophy. It is, it is a religion. It's a religion, right? Right. Um, and again, Colossians 1 He is before all things. By Him all things consist. Right? But what about the testimony of creation? This is really interesting here, right? The Bible says in, in the book of Psalms 19, The heavens declare the glory of God, the firmament showeth His handiwork, day unto day uttereth speech, and night unto night showeth knowledge. There is no speech nor language where their voice is not heard. This has always been a fascinating passage of Scripture to me. If you have your Bibles there, I would encourage you to turn there to it. Psalms 19. Because he speaks of the heavens declare the glory of God, right? Again, basically saying, you can look at creation, and you can see that there's a God. There has to be some designer. We've talked about this before, right? Um, there's a designer. Somebody had to design this building, right? Uh, somebody designed the seats that you're sitting on. Somebody designed the clothes that you're wearing, Right? I mean, there's there's a designer in everything, except for the world. No, it's not. It's not even. That's not even remotely feasible, right? And so he says, "The heavens declare the glory of God; the firmament showeth his handiwork. Day unto day uttereth speech; night unto night showeth knowledge." But notice verse three: there is no speech nor language where their voice is not heard. What does that mean? What does verse number three mean? There is no speech nor language where their voice is not heard. Whose voice? What's that? God's word? Well, in context, think about what he's talking about. What? The heavens. Creation, right? He says, there's no speech nor language where their voice is not heard. Whose voice? Not our voice. Creation's voice. The heavens declare the glory of God. The firmament shows his handiwork. All you have to do is look outside and it shows that there's a creator. And so what does he say? That there is no speech nor language where their voice is not heard. It doesn't matter what language you speak or what part of the world you go to. Guess what you will find. You will find people who worship a God. Why do they worship a God? Because even those that don't have science degrees and PhDs and doctorates and all these different things, they, they observe, they see the stars and they see the heavens and they see the, the crops grow and they see all these things. And even they understand there's something behind this. This is not just by chance. This is not just something that just happens, right? And he's saying all of creation, every person, doesn't matter what language they speak, creation is crying out it's testifying that there is a god there is a creator right in romans chapter one and verse number 20 for the invisible things of him from the creation of the world are clearly seen being understood by the things that are made even as eternal power and godhead so that they are without excuse again just creation itself i mean people they're still trying to figure out the human body how the human body works right how the how the brain cells work and, and, and all of that and uh, and how you know just everything about the human body it's 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 an amazing creation why because God created it that way it's amazing right um it's interesting when you when you look at um when you look at God's design God is a God of order and the world and the universe that He made reflects. His order. It reflects that God is a God of order. Um, He assigned a pointed and designated place for everything that he's made. Everything has its place. And it's exactly where it's supposed to be. Right? That's why Mars is where it is. Because God put it there. That's why earth is where it is. God put it there. That's why it's not closer or farther away from the sun. You know why you can't live on Mars? It's too close to the sun. For one thing. There's lots of other reasons too. Miss Betty? I have in my Bible there, Psalm nineteen, uh, three proofs of the reality of God. And the first one was the heavens declare the glory of God. The second one was in verse seven, the law of the Lord is perfect. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Yeah, that that whole chapter is a great chapter there. Yep. Yes, ma'am. Um, that's good stuff. But uh, look in. Uh, think about this in Genesis chapter one. Um, in Genesis chapter one, verse sixteen and seventeen, the Bible says, "And God made two great lights: the greater light to rule the day, the lesser light to rule the night. He made the stars also, and God set them in the firmament of the heaven to give light upon the earth." Okay. There's a really important word in verse number 17. It's three letters. It's the word set. God set them there. God set them there. God God put them there. It means to put, to appoint, to assign, to designate. Right. So God specifically sets the sun, the moon, and the stars in their place with that divine order. God put them there. And again, if if they varied, even in minor details, then life as we know it would be impossible. Just in just a couple of degrees. And again, even if you think about the rotation of the sun around, or the the rotation of the sun around, the rotation of the earth, I'm not teaching a new doctrine here, okay? The rotation of the earth around the sun. And then the moon around the earth that god put them there god set them there god placed them exactly where they needed to be it was it's intricate it's designed right i mean think about there there is there is an ideal galaxy right you ever seen pictures of the milky way galaxy right i'm sure you've seen them you know look, look, look up it's absolutely amazing right it's unbelievable And for, for years and years and years, science <laughs> said that, you know, this was the only galaxy, right? Now we know this is not the only galaxy. There are hundreds and hundreds of galaxies out there. I can't remember who it was. I don't remember if it was Galileo. I need to get this down. I always mention this and I forget who it was. It was either Galileo or somebody like this uh, back in whenever they were alive. Um, Back in the day, yeah, back in the day. He was like, I can tell you exactly how many stars there are. There's 5,792 stars in the sky. (laughs) Science. Yeah. Until they invented what was called a telescope. And then they began to see there was a few more than 5,000, right? In fact, if you remember what God told Abraham, he said, I will number your seed as the stars of the heavens. It'd be pretty disappointing to, for Abraham to be a nation with only 5,972 people. I mean, he said, they'll be as the stars of the heavens. And I think God understood what he was talking about. There are literally billions and billions, not years, but stars. I mean, all throughout the universe. It is an, it is an ideal galaxy. It's part of the Milky Way galaxy. Again, it's a, it's a spiral galaxy. By the way, do you know why that's so important? Josh because they because a lot of the uh, evolution of that the the everything began as chaos and then somewhere order came into that. But they don't know how they where were. Well that's yeah that's a good reason too. Yeah. You know why the, the Milky Way galaxy is so unique? Because a spiral galaxy is the only galaxy that is suitable for life. The Milky Way galaxy is a spiral galaxy. It's, it's spiral. The only one suitable for life. The, you think about the solar system, right? Um, again, you think about the Earth and all the planets revolving around the sun, right? And again, their they're the reason, one of the reasons why in that article you can read it, is that um, the sun was cooler millions and millions of years ago. It was cooler, right? And so that's why there was able to be water on Mars. And then as it got hotter and hotter and hotter, then it's, you know, I, like I said, you can't make some of this stuff up that they say. They make it up, but it's like, where do you pull that from, right? So the, the sun was, was much, much cooler millions and millions of years ago, right? Um, but again, less than a 5% variation, 5% variation between the earth and the sun, all life would be killed. There's no way that life would be sustainable here on the earth. It would either be too hot if you were five degrees closer or if you we were five degrees farther away, it'd be too cold. You, life could not, you couldn't have life here on the planet, right? Um, again, you think about the gravitational, um, the gravitational field, right? Um, do you know, um, yeah, this is really cool. Jupiter's orbit around the, the solar system uh, or around the Milky Way galaxy, around the sun. Do you know what Jupiter is, um, like Jupiter's nickname is? Anybody know? No? Well, I mean, that might be. That's not the one I'm looking for. I have no idea. Anybody? Rob? Yeah. Jupiter's called the vacuum cleaner of our solar system the vacuum cleaner of our solar system you know why because um jupiter's gravitational field uh, it pulls all of the debris and things that could potentially hit our earth's atmosphere and it pulls it into its gravitational pull and keeps it from earth i wonder if there's a reason why god put jupiter a little bit farther out from earth as has the, the gravitational pull of Jupiter's um, uh, gravitation field. Um, because Earth could be hit with large fragments from outer space, uh, which obviously would have devastating effect on life. And so Jupiter um, is the, the vacuum cleaner. It just keeps everything away from, from the Earth. That sounds like God, right? Um, again, you think about the sun. Uh, 90% of the stars within our galaxy are what they called red dwarves. 90% of all the stars that they can find, um, red dwarves. Um, Our sun is a rare perfect star, which gives off the precise amount of heat without producing a lethal amount of radiation. Again, that's just just God, right? Um, The moon, you think about the moon, if the moon were larger... Or if it was smaller, (laughs) I'd never even thought about this. You know, who thinks about the moon, right? Um, I mean, you think about, oh, yeah, people are going to try to go to the moon or whatever. But if the moon were larger or smaller, it would cause the rotation around the sun to slow down or to speed up, depending upon how the size of the, um, the moon. It would produce tides that would cause flooding. If it were too small, then they would they wouldn't be able to maintain the health of the oceans. So even, even the size of the moon is exactly the way it needs to be for us to be able to live here on the earth. Right? Again, that's that's not just you you're not you cannot get all of this precision from some explosion that happened billions and billions of years ago. The only way to get all of this is because there's a creator. And here's, what, here's what's really, this is what I love about this, right? God did not create the world because he needed something. God didn't create the world for himself. God didn't create the universe and God didn't create the stars for himself. These were all created for us. These were all created so that as we look at them, we see how powerful and how big our God is. I mean, think about it. The Bible talks about, the Bible speaks of how he holds the, the, the universe and the worlds in his hand. And again, I, I know that's a metaphor. I mean, you're talking about all, all of creation, all of everything that man can even think of. God's just, yeah, I, I got that. But think about that. This is, this is what is absolutely amazing. He creates all of that. He shows us how big he is. He shows us, shows us how powerful he is, how orderly he is. And then he says, by the way, I want you to know me. I want you to know me. And I'm going to send my son so that you can know me. I'm going to send my son so that he can die for your sins. That's how, that's how amazing our God is. Can I tell you something? You're not going to, you're not going to get that in evolution. You're not going to get that through the Big Bang, right? Uh, and, and this is why God doesn't need these things. He did them for us because he, desi- he desires, he wants to have that relationship with us. He says in Colossians 1.16, For by him were all things created that are in heaven, that are on earth, visible and invisible, whether they be thrones or dominions, principalities or powers, all things were created by him and for him. God says he, he created it all. And this is what he does. He says, I'm going to put you right in the middle of it all. And it's for you, for you to see how big I am, what kind of God I am, and that I want you to know me. Rob? Yeah, yeah, I, I love, uh, <laughs> there's a lot of verses that have little things in there that I just really love. Um, in Genesis one sixteen. When it's talking about making the sun and the moon, it says, And God made two great lights, the greater light to rule the day, the lesser to rule the night. And I love how he ends verse number 16. He made the stars also. (laughs) Isn't that great? I I, I did that too, yeah. I mean, yeah, we're talking about the sun and the moon, but all the billions and billions of stars that are out there, and by the way, our our sun is not the biggest star that is out there, but all these other stars, yeah, I, I made those too. He made the stars also. <laughs> I'm telling you, I believe God does have a sense of humor at times, right? I mean, he's a, yeah, I did, I did that too, right? Uh, and yeah, he's, he's got them all named, right? Um, it's just, it's just amazing, right? Um, let me see where I want to go with this. Um, We've got a few minutes left here. There's just so many verses. Psalms 139. 13 for thou hast possessed my reins thou hast covered me in my mother's womb I will praise thee for I'm fearfully and wonderfully made marvelous are thy works and that my soul knoweth right well again you're not in evolution you're not fearfully and wonderfully made you're just you're just a mistake there's there's no purpose for your 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 being here um but God he he has a perfect purpose um Let me see where I want to go with this here. There's just so much we could, we could go through and talk about. Um, the perfection of God's creation. God says everything that he made was good, was very good. Um... But we know, obviously, because of sin, right, what happened? When sin came, what, what happened? There's a curse, right? Uh, there's a curse. And um, the Bible talks about how when Adam and Eve sinned, um, now the curse came upon the earth. And the Bible says in Romans 8, For we know that the whole creation groaneth and travaileth in pain together until now. And not only they, but ourselves also. Which have the first fruits of the spirit, even ourselves grown within ourselves, waiting for the adoption, to wit, the redemption of our body. Um, so I mean, we look at the earth today, and we look at all that's going on. We look at the catastrophes, we look at the famines, we look at all the destruction, we look at all these different things, and we could say, well, you know, I thought God made everything good. Well, He did until sin entered the world. Uh, we are what caused it to to have the problems that it's having, the curse, right? Um, but one day God says He's going to make it new again. Um, he's going to make it the way that He had it designed, and that's that's going to be a that's going to be a great day. Um, and I, again, I, if you if you look at everything that God does, Satan always tries to undermine it, right? And that's that's why I believe that you know this whole. Um, Evolution and Big Bang and everything—it is—it is a religion that Satan is using to try to undermine what God is trying to do, uh, to show that there is a creation. Um, and we know, you know, in Isaiah fourteen, uh, Lucifer tried to be like God. He wanted to become God. Uh, he was cast to the ground, and that's when, of course, he comes and he tempts um, uh, Eve, and, and Eve eats the fruit, and then of course Adam eats the fruit, and all of these different things. Um, and now. We, we, we are experiencing the curse. Um, and so... Um, yeah, this is, this is really interesting as well. When you think about um, evolution versus creation, why is, there, why is there such a desire to follow evolution? Um, we, un- we know that it undermines the authority of God... Right, it undermines scripture. Um, it undermines the home. It undermines the family. You know, all of those different things. Uh, but why else? Are, why is there such a push for for evolution and following evolution and all these different type of things? Brother Jeff, absolutely. That's exactly right. You see, evolution provides an alternative explanation not just for the world around us but also for a future where there is no one that we have to give an account to if i don't have to give an account to anybody then why do i have to do it this way so because there's no account there's uh, i don't have to i'm not responsible to anyone then i can i can just live however i want and do whatever i want and it doesn't really matter, because at the end, there's there's no accountability. There's no responsibility. Lucas? Uh, for all my life, up until real recently, randomness has been the messaging of everything. Mars, maybe, was like Earth at one point, point; it's all up a chance. But now, in the past couple of years, we have realized, you know, things are not random. Now, everybody says that, well, maybe there's a simulation. It's almost like we've come full circle, and the only way... Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yep. Um, And that's, you know, and that's why when you look at our society today, why is there a push, you know, against um, the police and against all these different things, you know, against authority, you know, again, even undermining the home, the authority in the home. Why is there such a push against that? Because we don't want accountability. People don't want to be accountable for their actions. Um, And obviously the Bible very clearly tells us that one day every single person is going to stand before God right? As Christians, we're going to stand before the Lord Jesus Christ at the, great white, uh, at the judgment seat of Christ. But then everyone else who does not know Christ is going to stand before God at the great white throne judgment. And every person has to give an account for what they've done, right? And we don't want that. We don't want accountability, right? I mean, let's, let's be honest, okay? Just absolutely honest here, all right? And I know some of you are going to be like, no, that's not me, if there was no accountability at your job, if nobody ever checked up on you, nobody ever came to see if you were there, but they just said, hey, you're going to get a paycheck and, you know, just whatever you do, whatever you want to do. If you don't want to come in, you don't have to come in. If you want to come in, you can come in, you know. How many of you are actually going to show up and do a day's work? Okay, I'm glad, that, I'm glad we're honest in here, right? I'm glad, right? Nobody's going to show up. Why? What? I'm not accountable to anybody. Nobody's looking over my shoulder. Nobody's telling me what I have to do. Hey, I can just do whatever I want. Look, let's be honest. That's what we, we all want that, right? We all want no accountability. But guess what? We're all accountable. We all are accountable to God. Um, God has placed authority, whether it's in the home, whether it's in the government, whether it's in the church, God has placed that authority, right? There's accountability there, right? Um, and God holds us accountable to these things. Um, and that's why when you think about evolution, there's, um, it, there is a disregard for what God has said. There's a disregard in a creator. There's a disregard in a judge that one day we will have to stand before and give an account of what we have done. And so it's easier. and, And this is what's sad. It's easier. If I could say it this way, it's easier to live the life the way I want to live it. But here's the problem with living life that we want to live it as far as like the evolutionists are concerned. It's easier to live that way. But here's the problem. There's no hope. There's no hope, right? It may be a little bit harder. And I'm using that term loosely. It may be a little harder to live a life that God wants us to live because we're not just free to do whatever we want to do. We're not just free to live however we want to live. God says, hey, there's a certain way I want you to live. So we could say, well, it's a little bit harder to live the way God wants us to live. But guess what we have? We have hope. We have hope in knowing that one day we're going to be with the Lord Jesus Christ for all of eternity, right? We're going to be with the creator of the universe forever and ever. On their side, they're saying, well, yeah, it's, it's easy to live life here because this is all there is. And there is no hope to that. And that's why you find people, you find young people, middle-aged people, older people, when they, when they come to the end, like, there's just no hope. Why do you have uh, the, 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 the teenage suicides and things like this. Well, there's no hope. Why do you have teenagers and young people and adults going to drugs and alcohol and all these different things? Because they can't find hope in anything. Because everything that the world says brings satisfaction doesn't. There's no satisfaction in it. And so we just try to, to numb it and just get through life and hopefully our life ends and that way it can all be done. The problem is it's not done. Again, there is a creator, and we will stand account before our creator God. It's not done just because we stop breathing here. No, there is, is eternity. And again, that's one of the reasons why it's so important for Christians to, to be that salt and be that light in the world so that we can help people to know who God is, right? Um, and so this, this whole issue about creation of things, it's so vital, and there's such an attack on these different things, um, especially with... Um, And Genesis, the the first chapters there, uh, just trying to really destroy uh, the foundation of the word of God, uh, because that's where so many of our doctrines come from, Um, creation, the God, um, all these different things, right? Anybody have a quick question or anything real quick? I know that was repetitive. Anybody have a quick question real quick or comment or anything? Anybody? All right, Um, we'll have a word of prayer again. Don't forget, I did remember uh, those in first through sixth grade. You don't have to go get them. They will be coming back over here uh, because they're practicing for the Christmas program. Uh, If you have them in kindergarten or nursery, you do need to go get those. But if you have kids over in first through sixth grade, you don't need to get them. The teachers will bring them back over here. All right, let's pray. Father, we do thank you for this day. Lord, we ask that you just, uh, Lord, just help us and give us confidence in your word um, and, Lord, to realize that we have hope because of knowing Christ. And, uh, Lord, there are so many that are without that hope. And, Lord, may we be that salt and light in this world that we can be able to share Christ with them and let them know that they are fearfully and wonderfully made. And even though uh, they may not realize that God has a purpose for their life, that God loves them and uh, he wants them to come to him. And so, Father, just uh, be with us this week, Lord, and uh, help us to be that salt and light wherever we might be. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. All right, God bless you. You're dismissed. Kids are coming.